We're keeping up with the Joneses on today's podcast, checking in on the really quick off-season development of both Braxton Jones, now getting first-team reps at left tackle, and Valus Jones, emerging as a potential playmaker for this offense. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On the show today, we check in on some accelerated off-season opportunities for a couple of the Bears rookies in particular. We know the second-round picks, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, slotting in really to starting roles right off the bat, but we've seen more opportunities for the picks that immediately followed them. Valus Jones, the wide receiver in the third round, and Braxton Jones, the offensive lineman in the fifth round, both getting seemingly bigger and bigger opportunities, Braxton more notably as the later round draft pick. So we'll hear from head coach Matt Eberflus on how they're handling the rookies and younger players stepping into some of these bigger opportunities maybe sooner than we expected. We'll hear from Braxton Jones on where he's seeing the most improvement in his game, where the coaching has been most helpful for him, and Valus Jones on some of the smaller ways that he's trying to separate himself both in the pack and also as a wide receiver, separating himself from defensive backs. Real quickly before we get into the depth and the meat of the episode today, I just want to offer our condolences to the family of John Moon Mullen, a longtime Chicago Bears reporter, passed away yesterday, Sunday afternoon. He had a long battle with cancer, and he was, I mean, I only interacted with him a few times at a couple of Bears training camps, but even as some nobody, I mean, a young guy who's not even, you know, a big-time Chicago media person, he still treated me like like an equal, like someone he was someone he just would respect and, and want to help and be there for. And just, I mean, everyone said so many great stories about John Moon Mullen, about all the different quips and funny stories and things that he would do. And I certainly can't do it justice here. I only met him a handful of times in my life, but I think we should all aspire to have a legacy like John Moon Mullen does. And if you don't know much about John Mullen, take a few minutes today and look him up. It's a, it's a great way to honor a, a great man who we lost in the world of the Chicago Bears. I know it's sort of a, a somber way to start, but more, I think, a, a, a hopeful and a uh, a, a warm way to kind of look back on someone who is so valuable and would love to have covering some of these big stories coming out of mandatory minicamp, like the the positive development of some of these rookie players. We know the team you know, was a little bit limited on draft capital this season and kind of trying to squeeze the most that they can out of some of these draft picks. And so we were all a little surprised when Braxton Jones, the fifth round pick, gets some first team reps at left tackle. We've been sort of optimistic for Valus Jones to get some more opportunities. And Matt Eberflus did a good job of explaining how they're handling that process of getting some of these guys different opportunities here and, and kind of showing us or trying to trying to show them what they can do and, and when and where they earn those opportunities. Are there are there rookies you know, maybe not first, second round guys, but rookies you already know are gonna you're gonna give them a better shot just based on what you've seen so far? 
Would yeah, I mean, I, I would player, say that right? I would say that that's true for, with any position. But when I see a guy that has the talent, the the movement skill, okay, and the talent, uh, and I see it at this time of the year, I want to really get a thorough evaluation of him going in through training camp because I already know that he looks like the guys I've seen starter plus type players, um, and I want to see. I want to look at it. I want to, see, and I will. I'll pair them up. So the this is what we think. This is what we'll do during training camp. We'll get the matchups the right way. So I have player A that I think is on the rise. I'll say, okay, now let's put him against our best guy, so I can see it. So he's playing against a pro player, a really good pro starter. Now I can see what he can do, and we'll match those up all the time. It's not just hey, let's just roll the ball out there, and you know ones against ones, twos against twos. No, let's match these players up. So we can see them because a lot of times what happens is if you have a, for example, if you had a rookie that was playing with the twos and he's going against, you know, the second group of receivers or even some of the thirds, well, he doesn't get that exposure. You know, he needs to get that exposure to see where he's at and to, and really to gain his game up and make it better and better by going against a better talent. So uh, we'll do that all, all the way through line, you know, and the line and the perimeter all the way through. So. I think Iberflus did a really good job there of setting the stage not only for how training camp is going to go in terms of players perhaps moving up and down the depth chart in more quickly than you might think or, or more just like more short term than you might think, but also how some of this has gone during mandatory mini camps when we're not there to watch it and even the media isn't there to watch it when it's not open to outside observers where some players are going to get extra opportunities or different opportunities versus the ones versus the twos. And it's not always going to be a permanent fixed promotion or demotion, but it's just a chance to see more of what they can do. And I imagine that some of what goes into the opportunity Braxton Jones was able to get with the ones of saying, okay, you've done well against the twos and the threes. Let's see when you're going up against the bona fide true starter, uh, you know, opposite you. And I would love to see him go against Robert Quinn, in particular, if he's going to be there, maybe, probably not, at training camp at this point, that would certainly be fun to see. But I think it's sort of key that it's not going to be, you know, exclusively limited to, say, the offensive line where we're seeing it more clearly with Braxton Jones moving up and and obviously Borum going to right tackle and Tevin Jenkins moving down to the second team is kind of the big panic-type mode. But even when you think about, you know, Jalen Johnson getting some second-team reps and some of those other guys, like like Kendall Vildor, I believe, got more first-team reps early on in OTAs, it's, I imagine some of it's the same type of thing where it's like guys might get bumped up and get some other opportunities just so, so the coaching staff can see how that player is going to do against even better competition. And it's not always purely a knock on the player that's being demoted, but it's a sense because it's not always purely even a demotion. It's just a sense of like, okay, maybe this other player is just playing better and that doesn't necessarily mean and this is not specific to Braxton Jones and Tevin Jenkins but just because the younger player might be having a playing really well against backups and then they want to give him some first team reps doesn't necessarily mean instantly that that younger player is better than the player who is playing with the first team because you know the backup the younger player has been playing against the backups right so that's why they want to put them against the first team to see how they might do against the first team and then it's more of an even evaluation of like okay here's how one player played against the starters versus the second player that we put in there how they played against the starters and that that way they can have then they can more fully determine okay which player is playing better and so much of that with the offensive line in particular with Jones and Jenkins and Borum will really happen when the pads come on at training camp 
That's why I've been sort of preaching like, hey, let's not overreact to any news from minicamp or OTAs, but especially on the offensive and defensive lines, because let's see what happens when everything changes when the pads come on. Well, we'll kind of go in a little bit deeper into the type of coaching Braxton Jones in particular has gotten and then what, you know, how, how that can translate when the pads do come on at training camp next on Locked on Bears. With our friends at BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments, from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at traditional jewelers. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. No matter what you're looking for, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. But unlike, you know, the in-person jewelry stores, you know, there's not a commission going to a salesperson. So you don't have to pay extra for that middleman. You can get the best direct prices for you. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on Bears listeners are going to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. It's a podcast exclusive that includes engagement. You just use our promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Every order is insured, it ships for free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. The Chicago Bears are hoping maybe Braxton Jones can be one of their long-term pieces on this offensive line, really standing out early on in this process as a fifth-round pick out of southern Utah, certainly the uh, a big jump there from the competition he faced at a non-Power 5 college school to the NFL, but so far he seems to be adapting to that well. It was the surprise of the offseason, I think, up to this point in terms of, you know, minicamp OTA type of developments there for him to be getting first-team reps at left tackle. I mean, he's it, it is a pretty massive jump, and we were expecting that you know, he had some, certainly some, you know, uh, potentially exciting long-term prospects there that you could develop him into something greater down the line, given that he does have, you know, really long arms and, and some great size and strength. I mean, he's 6'5", 3'10", 35 and 3 inch arms, 10 and a fourth inch hands, and Rand still ran a sub-5 40-yard dash at the NFL Combine, a 108 broad jump, a 25-5 vertical. So, like, he was, you know, big, long, strong, sort of raw, but more just like small school style of athlete. And when you hear Braxton Jones talk and when you see the video of it, if you're watching it on the Lockdown Bears YouTube video, YouTube channel, you can see just how massive of a human being this is when he's, when he's sitting up at the table trying to talk in these tiny microphones. He really does sort of have some of that dominating presence. But I thought he also had some, some really, I think, revealing and, and specific answers about where he's developing and getting coached up in a way that's having this direct impact on his performances right now. Braxton, what's the experience been like for you getting these first team reps? It's been great. It's uh, It's been a good process kind of rolling in with the ones. Um, it's a lot of learning. Um, Got to play a lot faster, think a lot faster, um, and that's all coming as I go. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me is just creating a process, you know, those pre, a pre-snap process, going up to the line, you know, really – you know, what's the cadence? We have multiple different cadences. Um, I've, you know, struggled a little bit with that, but just, you know, having a pre-snap process and something that will benefit me just being able to move faster. But um, the overall 
um, jump in with the ones has been really great. Um, the vets are great, just helping me out, making sure I'm on the same page, um, making sure I'm getting certain calls that they might have um, that they've been using and stuff like that. So they've been great, and you know it's, it's been a good process. Is there any one area where you think, oh, here's something I've definitely gotten better at in this short period of time? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing, just my transition from even uh, college to the NFL or college to the Senior Bowl to the NFL, um, and just in these OTAs is throwing my hands. Um, in college, I, you know, was really reserved with my hands, and I didn't use my long arms to my advantage. So I would say that's one of the big things. And still to this day, I mean, I still got to work on them. Um, they're a big thing for me, and they're going to help me be very, you know, really good in this league. And so um, I just think the biggest thing with them is being more consistent. But they've gotten better. It jumps out right away that, you know, using his arm length would seem like an obvious thing that you would think he would be or would have always been coached to do by by any offensive line coach. And I don't think it's necessarily that he wasn't coached to do so, but I think when you're at that slightly lower, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say lower college level when you're still talking about like a D1 athlete that was a fifth round, like an NFL draft pick, but still like when you're at that lower non-power five level, you know, he can be just bigger and stronger than a lot of the, the opponents that he faces against, where he doesn't necessarily have to be the, the type of, I guess, sort of like aggressor in pass protection. If you think about it, like, you know, when, when you're an, an offensive tackle trying to pass block, right, when you're coming off the line of scrimmage, you are going backwards, right? You are sort of letting, to some extent, letting the pass rusher come to you because you still want to stay in between him and and the quarterback. And so to some extent, you're almost waiting for him to, to attack so then you can counter right away whatever he's whatever he's going to bring at you because you again you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to like attack and then have and then miss or you know have him sort of get around you because you came too far forward and were too aggressive but it's this idea of like moving backwards but still knowing when to time your strike with your hands and your arms to make the first contact to to be the aggressor while still being the protector it's kind of a a delicate balance there because you don't want to lunge and be out of position but you want to like anticipate when he is about to strike and then strike just barely first and then use those long arms to then have that separation naturally created by the you know the physics of your body to keep that opposing pass rusher off of you and so it, it's really good that I mean he knew that was a thing to to do but I think it's being really instilled and pushed and coached into him to be more I guess more aggressive more assertive in that way of really throwing the hands and, and being being the one to make that first contact on the punch and not just sort of letting him come to you and then grabbing onto him once he's already to you, but getting really sort of that 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 half step first and faster. And I think that's part of what he talked about with having a, a pre-snap process and trying to play and think faster is having to anticipate that and having to know pre-snap, like, okay, here's the password I'm going against. Here are the type of moves that I know he likes to use. This is his go-to move, so I should anticipate, you know, if he starts setting me up on the outside, that he's going to try this move. If he's setting me up on the inside, he's going to try this move. And that's a lot to learn as a fifth-round rookie in addition to the playbook and all the cadence things that he even admitted he's struggling with there. So, you know, it's been encouraging that, that he's been able to do all of this in mandatory minicamp. It certainly will be ramped up quite a bit when you get to training camp, when the pads are on and the, you know, they can actually be a bit more physical against each other in addition to sort of the movement and the mental side of things that he's still adjusting to as well. And I would bet that's when perhaps Tevin Jenkins will shine a little bit more just because he's going to be 
a full year farther along in this process and more experienced against higher competition in college as well. That, that certainly helps. But having done this in regular season NFL games and still being a talented offensive lineman, I imagine when the pads come on, Tevin Jenkins won't have as many of those types of, you know, learning curve or, or rookie hurdles to, to overcome and to keep catching up with that Jenkins should, in theory, settle in a little bit more there. But maybe as training camp goes and as Braxton Jones catches up a bit more and gets more comfortable in those pads, does that start changing the math again? And does he maybe start moving in? I, I just hope that the Bears are able to figure out the offensive line situation quickly and we're not seeing them switch the starting lineup a week before the regular season starts. Like I would like the offensive, the starting offensive line in place by at the latest, the first preseason game. So you can have, you know, the same five guys through the entire preseason, however much starters might play in preseason games, but more importantly, just like three to four weeks of like sustained practicing of the same group in the same five positions where they're going to be leading up to week one. They may not have that luxury. It, it really shouldn't be a luxury, but the roster might not be good enough to, function in that way. That's why I'm still fingers crossed thinking they're going to sign some kind of offensive lineman somewhere, right guard or another offensive tackle or something. But for now, Braxton Jones offers some hope, at least for sure for the long-term future, if not also for the short-term future. Also seeing some progress at, at wide receiver, the other position on offense that could use some more talent as they sort of shake out how this depth chart is going to play. But it sounds like Velas Jones also making some key progress. So we'll check in on the other Jones offensive draft pick from this year next on Locked on Bears. We'll get excited about Velas Jones. I wouldn't necessarily recommend him as the uh, as a bet for offensive rookie of the year just yet. But if you want to get some early betting in, on OROI. Our friends at betonline.net are going to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information, whether it's the scores, the podcasts, the news, the developments, you name it, for all of the major sports leagues. You can bet futures bets on this upcoming football season, futures for MVP, Bears win total over under six and a half, Bears odds to make the playoffs, plus, you know, the NHL playoffs, I guess the NBA finals are in the in the rearview mirror now, but NBA futures will be around the corner. Major League Baseball plus live sporting live betting, esports, fights, UFC, WWE, I mean, so much more. All of your sports needs are at betonline.net. Golf, boxing too. Head on over to their website today or use your mobile device to keep up with all the different trends and action you need to know. Bet online, where the game starts. It's a little too early to crown Velas Jones as a breakout star in the making as a rookie just yet. I think we should still make sure our expectations are managed properly. But even for, you know, the criticism of him being an older rookie, he's 25, oh, you know, what, oh no, like he has more experience than a rookie typically would. Oh, oh no, I'm shaking in my boots. Like it, we are still seeing a player that has development to do and, and needs to round out his game and become more you know, more effective in, in route running and in making plays. Up the, I mean, in, in every aspect of his game, he still still needs development despite coming in a little bit more advanced than, than most rookies might be just given where he is at this stage of his career. But it's a, certainly a wide open opportunity for him at wide receiver after Darnell Mooney and, and probably at this point after Byron Pringle. But he could easily kind of slot himself in as wide receiver three, especially if he continues to, to make progress in some of the, some of the areas that, you know, aren't his pure specialty. We know he has speed. We know he has ability to make play, make defenders miss after the catch, but he's making some real progress, it sounds like, on what he's been able to do before the catch. You talked to us at, at rookie camp about wanting to become a little bit more refined as a route runner. I'm, I'm curious in these last 
month and a half stretch. What are some areas that you've focused on and you feel like you have made growth in, in, in your route running? I would say um, in and out of cuts. Um, just really been uh, focusing on, you know, dropping my hips. Uh, cuts are way easier, you know, when you're actually focused on dropping your hips and having your um, chest um, over your knees. And so that's something, you know, I've really been working on. And I've been really improving on that, and it shows on film um, when we watch over it how quickly I'm getting in and out of cuts, and I feel like that's a huge advantage um, on my side, um, just knowing what I could do when I get the ball in my hands. And so, yeah, keep um, working on that. About when to use your speed. Like, when, what, have you learned anything about the nuances of when do I fully explode out versus maybe I need to kind of pace this thing out a little bit? Exactly. Um, even when it comes to the special team level, when it comes to receiver, um, that's, you know, one thing, especially I say I improved on my last year at Tennessee, um, knowing when to, like, you know, pace myself and actually, like, hit it. And that can be in the return game when it's, like, slowing down to find a hole. You know, if you're running full speed all the time, you'll miss something. And that, that's the same thing with routes. Um, at my speed, is I feel like, you know, you're not going to be able to run every route just full speed. You know, you just have to know how to, like, um, tempo yourself or, you know, shut it down a little bit on certain routes. And so that's something, you know, I've been perfecting um, and working on and definitely continue to work on this off, this off time we have. Those two examples that Bayless Jones gave are two things I, I associate more with, you know, the type of like veteran savvy type intricacies that, that can separate, you know, the good from the great. And not that Bayless Jones is in any way sort of proven as the good, but right, those are the types of things you think of when you talk about sinking lower in and out of your cuts to, to create more acceleration in and out of them instead of just sort of, you know, running through them or, or stopping and starting, right? That, that's what can take route running from, from an average level to a good or great level or being able to, you know, determine when and, and how to run full speed versus not full speed and, and how much, you know, that, that sort of balance of you want to sell your route or in one way, if you're going to break another way, right? You want to sort of, you know, if you're going to go deep, maybe you don't want to, maybe you don't want to go full speed right away so that you can kind of lull them into thinking maybe you're not going to go deep. And then, you know, five, 10 yards in your route, turn on the jets and maybe catch the, catch the cornerback or whoever off guard as you sort of try and blow by him. Or maybe you want to sell that you're going to go deep. So you come right out of your break full speed to get them to think, oh, crap, this guy, I got to go. I got to catch up with him. So the cornerback starts running full speed, and then you slam on the brakes, turn around, and it's a curl route or whatever it might be. It's not Matt Nagy's offense, but, you know, that kind of thing, or you're going to make a break, and so the DB keeps going because he thinks you're going to go deep, and you you slow down, you make your cut, and you're open that way. It, it's that combination of being able to sink into those cuts and get your chest over your knees, like he said, and then also being able to control your speed. And I think it, it makes so much more of a difference when you're a player like Valus Jones that does have, that is closer to that top end type of speed, right? When you think of like some of the big bodied wide receivers, you know, like the, the six fives, I, th I always think of Mike Evans as an example of this. Not that he's slow, but just that the difference between his top speed and his slower speed is going to be less noticeable than if you have a really, really high top speed. You can go half as fast as your top speed or three quarters as fast and, and that's going to be a noticeable gap there than if your top speed is a lot lower than any sort of drop down from there is going to be a lower percentage as well. So it, with with speed receivers like Valus Jones, that that intricacy can be a, a really critical step of the development process. And not that he has in any way mastered that. You know, he's even, he even said there, right, still working on that, still learning exactly 
when and how to do that. It's it's very specific to each wide receiver, their body, their feel, their flexibility, their pliability, their acceleration, their speed. So it's not like there's a cookie cutter method that every receiver can follow to do it. But it seems like he is working on the right things that you would want Valus Jones to be working on at this stage. And that bodes well for him trying to step into a bigger role in this offense as a rookie. Still, still think we should keep you know, expectations down. He's not going to be a thousand yard receiver as a rookie. He's probably not even going to be Darnell Mooney level as a rookie, but if he can be more than we might've first expected to him for him to do, then maybe between him and Pringle and and Mooney, you can piece together something that resembles an NFL quality wide receiving core. We'll see if they end up adding more at receiver when they get into training camp. They still have all this salary cap space they're sitting on. We're wondering what that's going to be used for, perhaps a Robert Quinn trade also in the in the work. I mean, we don't know what, where Robert Quinn is or whether he wants to be traded or if they're going to trade him or how that's going to work. A lot of off-season developments still to come, perhaps between now and training camp and certainly lingering into training camp. So I hope you'll keep following along with the Locked on Bears podcast and subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts or follow along on the Locked on Bears YouTube page. Really appreciate you making Locked on Bears your first listen today. If you're looking for a second listen, all you basketball fans out there should check out the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft podcast we have here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day, and that's not just the Bears. That's not just football, but our NFL, or our, excuse me, our NBA experts, our Odyssey insiders, our NBA draft experts have all come together like we did with the NFL Mock Draft for the NBA Draft, going pick by pick for all 30 first-round picks. So go check that out. Just search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft wherever it is you get your podcasts. In the meantime, I hope you'll keep coming back here. We're down to about three days a week instead of five at this stage of the offseason. We will ramp back up for training camp and be here to make it that much easier for you to bear down.